Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? Damn it, I forgot to move to the armchair. One day, one day I'll move to a different spot, but for the time being, I'm in the same spot as always, San Francisco. You only made one promise to a listener, a single promise, and you couldn't even come through through it. I'll do it next time. <laughs> we won't know that that will happen. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still in Chicago. I'm in the same place. I never promised to actually change locations, so I feel like I haven't failed today. I saw a TikTok that said it was super warm in Chicago, like in the last day or two. It was like 70. Yeah, somebody was wearing a tank top, and they're like, who says climate change isn't real? This is November in Chicago and tank tops. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, like, uh, some other years you may have minus 40. And this year we're having 17. But you know, is that variance? Yeah. I've been sending polar vortex uh, energy. <laughs> we're doing good. Now I have to say that the temperature changes are way too drastic. And you know, I think that in a couple of days we're going to be like just dropping to 40, you know? So almost from one day to the next. It's, it's a lot. It's horrible. Well, yeah. you like it. It's not for me. I mean, I, I wish that it wasn't like that drastic. Part of me wishes that, but well, I can do We're it. going off on a tangent, but I'm going to Portugal the week after next. And I found out that Lisboa has the same weather as San Francisco. So it's going to be like 65, 70 while I'm there. Yeah, they like to say that there is like a sisterhood with San Francisco. They have like similar... It's not really similar architecture, but they have a similar bridge, you know, <laughs> so I guess I was, that that counts. I was completely not going to visit any beaches because I assumed, I mean, I know there's no snow there, but I assumed it would be cold, but chances are we could have a sunny, warm day on the beach. No, no, definitely. You should check it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole area is, is gorgeous, but the city has like a lot to do, so I hope that you guys get the blast. Uh, cool. But talking about having a blast, what do we watch <laughs> this time? We watched Todd Field's first film that he, it's not an original script, but he did write the script, adapting it from a book. Uh, a short story. Yeah. A short story, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2001's In the Bedroom, a Sundance film. Yeah, and uh, this was Stripey. Why did you pick it? Because I'm obsessed with Tar, and I can't get Tar out of my mind, and we had already watched Little Children. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit more about like making me watch Tar again, only two weeks after talking about it, it would have looked exactly. bad. Yeah. I, okay. like, I only made him watch a two hour and 40 minute film by Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there is more stuff. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. So uh, I was pretty curious because uh, I know that you're a big fan of Little Children and Tar, and uh, for me, I recognize like the quality as a cinema maker, as a filmmaker that Todd Field has. So I was curious to watch what I see is like how was he like 20 years ago? That is when you actually see Marisa Tomei, you know, and I saw John is like, oh yeah, that's right. She used to be John. <laughs> Once upon a time. Yeah, but the funny thing is like uh, now as he became popular again because of the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah, she's Aunt May in the new in the new movies. Like what? yeah. Like the old 80 years old Aunt May has been replaced by uh 
by Marisa Tomei. I mean, it's true. Oscar winner Marisa Tomei. My cousin Vinny is still there. <laughs> it's a proof that the Academy sometimes get it right and most of the times get it wrong. I've never seen my cousin Vinny. I'm not going to pick it up. You're welcome. That's going to be my pick. So. <laughs> okay, go for it. Um, but yeah, let me just uh, try to summarize this uh, this movie. I don't think that it's going to be like too hard to summarize. The action takes place in Maine, in like a coast region, like pretty strong, like fisherman presence, uh, and it follows the story. I have to say that the summary that I read from it it pisses me it pisses me off, you know, because basically what it says is like, this follows the story of a relationship with a age difference gap between like a young guy like probably 20 21 like thinking about going to college i'd say he's 20 yeah. yeah yeah he's about to go to college you know and uh older woman that she's uh, separated from her husband with two kids uh and then a tragedy happens this is like 20 years old so i'm going to be like yeah, spoiling it we're gonna just ruin this whole thing. Yeah, so basically the relationship between Marisa Tomei and her husband, or separated husband, I don't remember the name of the actor, but he's in Lost. <laughs> I saw him in Lost like, a, like some weeks ago when I was rewatching part of it, and I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, but it's pretty violent, it's clear that the ex-husband or husband, whatever, is violence so one day when the kid goes to visit the the woman he actually finds like the house completely destroyed like all the furniture upside down and uh, the husband goes to the house they got into an argument and the husband shoots down this young kid and then right in the face and the camera likes to just like whoop like bang into it and just look at that yeah he's he's dead is that there is no other explanation and we see how the guy like walks away with the gun in the hand while Marisa Tomei just falls to the ground and starts screaming um, and then the movie shifts completely to follow how the couple the parents of this kid uh start seeing like their whole life falling apart like trying to adapt to the fact that is a uh, this guy may not go to prison for several years and then even if he goes to prison he's going to be like just judged as a man slaughter and probably is only going to be like just staying there like for a year or two so uh they follow the husband he has is a doctor practitioner the uh, the wife she's a teacher like a chorus teacher in a school uh, so it's pretty a slice of life we follow we are shown like how their life was like completely normal and then we see in this very tight a small community and then we see how the tension start like how some of the friends like try to support them but they don't really know how to do that you know and how they start like suffering like in their professional lives how he starts drinking he starts smoking they start like distanciating from each other uh until the end and i'm going to be like spoiling that the last 20 minutes that you were saying that you were high is that basically it's like how he kidnaps high but rewatched so i saw the entire film sober yeah so uh the last 20 minutes is basically how the husband kidnaps like the murder of his son and he pretends that he's going to be like escaping town and just bailing jail sort of like a how do you say escaping bail moving out of town skipping town skipping out on bail but skipping out of town 
So he's skipping both things. Skipping town and skipping hell because he's skipping town. Just to find that at the end it was basically a a plan with one of his friends uh, to actually just murder him in the woods. So the the body never gets found and people think that he actually flew away. Which is very smart. It's a fairly simple plot if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a basically kid gets involved with woman, husband of the woman kills kid, and parents suffer from the consequences and they take vengeance on their hands. Just the dad. Yeah. The mom was a real bitch. She was a real bitch, but also at the same time, is that she was not unhappy because when he actually came back, because they arrived a bit later, they were expecting, they planned everything. They, they planned this to a level that is like, you guys didn't show me like all of this planning. Is that this is like pretty interesting that you guys plan to this detail as they murder him before they were going to murder him that it was going to be like in the middle of the bus and then just like a diga falls there is a they actually had to drag him to the point with a car like a pretty disturbing image and then because of that they are delayed the fisherman started like going out so the bridges they are open to the boats so they had to wait on the road to come back so that he doesn't arrive back in time before the wife wakes up from the pills that she takes for the sleeping so she actually sees he's like oh you were out at four in the morning all night out and she just basically asks like oh did you do it like about like probably he didn't check with her about like what was going to be doing but implicitly she already knew that he's like hey this is the only way that we can survive this if he's no longer here talk about it ever right yeah they're like pretty no we never see it and basically they never address the fact that the song was murdered until one is saying when they break down and they start like just throwing everything on each other's face very well summarized well done thank you <laughs> i i have to say i i brought you yesterday when i was watching it because i was about to tell you that this is not an easy to easy to watch movie in not because way. of the quality, not because of the quality, but because of uh, I could actually resonate like with the parents about like what they go through is that they are like painted in a way because I didn't really like too much the synopsis that I read. It was like there is a tragedy that happens that it would change their lives forever. That is like a pretty generic way of putting it, but I didn't know if it was going to be like Marisa Tomei dying, you know, like the husband and the Marisa Tomei like dying and the kid has to take over the kids. He's like, I had no idea. I honestly had no idea exactly where this was going to. So it was some aspect of it, it felt like a bit green, not a materialist, you know, but I would say that, okay, I think that this could have been a bit more like police, but it was like the emotional charge. I think that it was pretty good. You know, it landed it for me. It was interesting the way they handled violence in the film. Um, it was just very, to me, it was very matter of fact. And I know I say this about almost every film, but it was very um, Hanukkah-esque. And, oh, yep, he got shot in the face. Here's his face with a bullet hole in it. And and then when, they, when Tom Wilkinson, the father, kills murderer it's just like oh it happened she shoots him once in the shoulder and then twice in the back yep 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 and, and at that point it's like when the friend comes and he's like oh my god what did you do i was like oh wait did 
they didn't plan this together. And he's like, we plan to kill it somewhere else, not here. Oh, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Is that they actually normalize the fact of we're going to kill him. And it's yeah, fine. Which is a bold move from Willis, the character Willis. Like, I, I honestly, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, they just, you know, served justice to this guy. They didn't have the evidence to make him go away, so they served their own vigilante justice. It's not okay, but it was fine. But then for Willis to get involved, I was yeah. like, risking going to prison for a really long time for somebody that's just your friend. Well, but probably he believes uh, the damage that this guy has done to the community is that we are shown a couple of times how he interacts, like, uh, what is it, Richard? How he Richard, how Richard interacts with other people, you know, like his wife, the kids, like, even like the bartender that he works with at the end and he's like he's pretty bad he's like a human feces so from that perspective if we think about like a very tight small community it's like he may take like in a personal aspect about saying that is that i have to protect the community as a whole not only because of my friend but because of the kind of value that this person brings to the community yeah i can see that and there is something about the film that's a little bit like about small towns and the connections you make and like so yeah I buy into yeah. that yeah and just like moving on you know as a kid for a while he thinks that he's going to be like a staying in the village and he's just like I'm going to be a fisherman like uh, my grandfather was maybe this is keep a generation blah 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 and then we see the father trying to be a fisherman for a day and he gets beat by one of the uh, other losters when he's hanging. And then we see, I mean, it's, it's a bit heavy-handed in some of these aspects, maybe a bit like tar on that aspect, about like, I know that you're like just getting already upset, it's like your alarm is like going there, but it's like when he actually gets beat by the lobster and we see him bloody and how he actually puts the bandit, and at the end of the movie how he removes the bandit, it's like, this has healed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it heavy-handed, but certainly um, there's not many questions that you walk away from. Like, he wraps everything up very nicely. Definitely. You know, is that we don't care about like what happens with Marisa Tomei after this point, or the kids. I have to say that is that they become like such an accessory. But I think that is what it makes interesting from a directional perspective, that is a sees like a centerpiece for the first act. And then she becomes an accessory. Is like how the father tries to connect with her and how the mother wins when Marisa Tomei tries to connect with her. She's like, fuck you. I don't want to know everything, I'm going to blame you. That was devastating. Marisa yeah. Tomei visits um, the mother, Sissy Stacy. Just slaps her. It's just devastating. And Marissa Tomei leaves in tears. It's super uncomfortable and unfair. Yeah, but basically at the same time, is as you behave not slapping uh, the father, uh, Tom Wilkinson, you know, but being like extremely awkward about like, I don't want to talk with you. I don't feel like there is anything for me to talk about it. So a part of me wonders if there is like partially. If there is a part of truth in the read that both of the uh, of the parents did to each other about like the mother being like extremely controlling and the father having a slight crush of Marisa Tomei. 
Yeah, I can see that. I hadn't thought about that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking from the perspective that uh, at the beginning we see uh, Willis and Matt talking in a barbecue about, like, oh, look at that piece of ass. You know, it's clear that both of them are like, oh, yeah. she's hot. And then we see, like, one of the triggers for uh, for the Tom Wilkinson character for killing uh, Richard is that he sees a picture of Richard being happy with Marisa Tomei. And he's like, did he really have a bit of a crush? You know, because it's like, that shouldn't be like just bothering you at all. Is that like, your problem with him should be about like he killed your son, whatever he did. You know, with Marisa Tomei, like, you shouldn't care about that. I will say that I really appreciated the vagueness of how the film ends, because yeah, he sees that picture and it affects him. And I think your explanation is a good one. I haven't thought about that. Um, but when he comes home to Sissy Spacek, he's almost nonverbal. Like he just crawls into bed and she keeps asking him questions. And it's like 4 a.m. at that point, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh, what am I thinking? You must be hungry. And then she just leaves to go make food. And then the film ends with her saying, Matt, do you want coffee? Matt? Yeah. <laughs> that felt like a very, very fitting ending to this yeah, I think that it's a bit more like the consequence of their actions is that for CC Spacek, it may be a bit more about like things can go back to normal now. Is that she was not offering like just making food or anything for the for the Tom Wilkinson on previous scenes that they were like detaching completely. And in this case, a bit more is that hey, we're married again, things are back to normal. And for him, it's a bit more of a what have I done? Like reflecting a bit more into the actions that he did. There's some horrifying statistic that, like, I'm gonna get it wrong, but it's like 75% of marriages split up after a child dies. And the grief process is so different, and we see Matt go through a very different grief, grief process than I can think of uh, SpaceX character's name. Uh, but right. it, Ruth, Ruth Fuller. Yeah. It just drives a wedge between them. It's interesting, and you know, he drinks. She just stops talking to people and engaging with the world. And yeah, she starts. She starts smoking. I don't think that we see her smoking before that point. But yeah, she's even peace. Yeah, she's. Sorry. No, 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 I was saying it's like it's. They make her smoking so vulgar. It's such a small thing, but like when he comes home and it's four a.m. and she's smoking in bed, you're like, this doesn't fit. Yeah. Yeah, like someone that is like just basically uh, like preparing like a show for the harvest that they are like basically singing in Icelandic. I don't know they what, like... did have very interesting music choices. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. they're to have her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, okay, for being like a small village, this is surprisingly elevated because they sounded super cool, to be honest. And there's also a little bit of like socioeconomic issues explored like the the murderer he has very wealthy parents and they're able to post his bail so the matt and ruth have to see the murderer around town and that's super super painful for them and yeah honestly i layered film yeah yeah yeah. i honestly feel uh i never had like this temptation but a part of me was like should i if it's a short should i reading a short story 
And he's like, I think that they changed like a lot because the story, I only read like the 31st lines and it's like, yeah, I could do it, it's 10 pages. Uh, but basically he's like, the main character has a brother, an older brother. So is that there is like significant variance with what, oh, you know, sure. like the movie did. Like, I think that he did like a heavy adaptation, like a heavy editing of it. And it actually opens with the death, with uh, they are like doing like the funeral. So it's like Brokeback Mountain. The original was like seven pages and they turned it into a two hour movie. <laughs> well, but you have to actually budget for only reflection on landscape <laughs> and gay sex. Um, that's interesting because so he's only directed three films. So this was his first and then he did Little Children and Little Children was an adaptation as well. And I read the book. And the book's fucking brilliant, but the movie's a pretty faithful adaptation. Besides Kate Winslet's character is supposed to be a little <laughs> fat or unattractive. And yeah, all they do is her bushy eyebrows to make her ugly. And like, no. no that's not enough. Not buying this. She's still gorgeous. So, um, yeah. yeah, maybe I'll read the short story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious. I'm curious about it. I uh, Honestly, I like it quite a bit. I was like impressed about like definitely this is not at the level of what I remember from Little Children or Tar, but I can see a particular voice. I can see why people were excited for just seeing like something more of this director. Is that for being like a first movie? Is that this is pretty decent? Yeah, I mean you can tell he understands making film understands how to make his audience engage with his movies the way he wants um i know that i had seen this film before but i had forgotten 100 percent of it i remembered nothing about it um if i had to rate his movies like order them i would absolutely say tar is the best then little children and then in the bedroom which is fine because I mean that's his first film and it still crushed. I mean everything he does gets nominated for Oscars. Yeah, I mean definitely Tar is going to be the acting on this one was impeccable. Honestly, he's like the Keith. More nuanced than he like asked Kate Blanchett to do. Like that's such an over the top performance. This is so. Yeah not in your face it's like the antithesis of tar almost i was i mean i was actually thinking the little children and these are like pretty similar on how nuanced and subtle they are because one of them is like about grief the other one is a bit more about boredom yeah. <laughs> i don't know how to define little children about what is it about that is just one like the grass is greener yeah Exactly, you know, a bit more about like just bored along and never being like fully satisfied, always looking for something else. Uh, but Tar feels a bit more, as you say, like on your face, a bit more, not really outrageous, but a bit more is like, hey, dude, I don't need to be sad about this. That's what I was like complaining about this. So Tar feels more, a bit more like black or white. Yeah, this feels more nuance about like where the behavior of the people actually lands. It's definitely, <laughs> I don't know how to say this without inadvertently disrespecting Tar, which I respect very much, but it 
definitely felt more grounded in reality than either of the other two movies. Little Children is almost like a it's narrated uh, with an like an ironic narrator, and there's humor in it. There's a lot of humor in Little Children, and this just feels very much I don't know. It's realism. Wasn't there wasn't there like some weirdness in Little Children towards the end? I don't remember completely. There's towards the end, the pedophile cuts his dick off. Yeah, that was the part. Yeah. yeah. That's apparently like he goes on a date with that mentally ill chick and she drops him off and she just looks over and he's masturbating. Yeah, that that was like pretty weird, like the end part, but I guess that it was like just the point of all like the suburbs can be pretty weird. They can actually be like the uh, how do you say, like hosting like pretty strange stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, um, I was like pretty impressed. It was not an easy to digest movie. The characters are pretty self. How do you say? Like they're like not self-absorbed, but a bit more like just trying to keep to themselves. So it's not that they are like crying and just making everything terrible. For a second, I was thinking about wheat, and it's like, thank God, this is not wheat. But. No, I don't. I, I can't. I just definitely can't like put up with that. Uh, but this was still... Sometimes we th we talk about like if you resonate, if we resonate with the characters or not. And it's not about like if I can project myself on them. It's a bit more like if the story can handle like these characters to make them look realistic. And I think that portraying a slice of life tragedy and then how the slice of life has changed into something different but it still feels realistic is such a really good move you know and i think that it actually just helps connecting with the characters and just like resonating with their emotions so if you had to, to rate his films based on your preference how would you rate them i think that tower is better the better the best of the three albeit it's a different movie than, than the other two. It has, it's a bit more ambitious, I think, a bit more like larger scale than anything else that he has done. But I guess that that's like the point when you are like making a movie about cancel culture. Uh... <laughs> Fuck you, man. Fuck you. I was going After very good. last podcast, I... Do what? Like, Pablo, Jose, Jose thinks that movie's about cancel culture. I was like, it is. <laughs> I, I actually talked with my boyfriend too and he told me that but it is <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry dude I mean that doesn't mean that it's bad or that it makes it worse but it's like this is what is like the latent topic there um, in any case I think that Tar is from a crafting perspective is incredible it's like he's I don't know like a how do you say like a gigantic piece do you know like an epic really yeah. is like an epic story of downfall yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there are not so many movies that they would actually do 1,000 costumes for the last scene. That's saying. So, uh, yeah, this is the definition. It would have been a 9.5, but had been the film that way. But I would say the second, I remember little children, like, just like, this is pretty good. Maybe, like, the weirdness towards the end, it got, like, a, it got me, like, a bit like, hey, okay, I'm, I'm a bit, like, behind this. Uh, but this one, I think that, yeah, probably this would be like the third on the stack ranking of the movies. But just... That's not to say this film is bad. Like, oh, no, no, no. It's an incredible film overall. It's oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really good. It's like it's just that it's like it's not. I don't know how to say it. I think that there are like small things that they could have been changed, you know. But overall, it's like it's really good for just doing like a story like this. It's a, like, it's amazingly well done. Especially as like a freshman effort. If this is the first film you put out, like Jesus. Yes. I wish he would do more film. I mean, maybe he maintains his quality because he only does what three movies every twenty-one years, every seven years he does a movie on average. Yeah, yeah. So from that perspective, it's like I, he's this has like a consistency. This director has a consistency that I, I'm trying to think about like any other director that has like this level of consistency, and I can't. Because I love Haneke, but it's like it's not that every single movie that he has done has been a slam dunk. I mean, M Night Shyamalan is consistently bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roland Emmerich, you know, and many others that they do garbage stuff. But it's like we're not talking about that. We're we're talking about like consistently great, you know. Yeah, I think um, just because Tar reminded me of Todd Field. He's definitely a director that I will anticipate the most when a film of his comes out. Oh, yeah. Even if I don't like it, it's going to be well done and interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the level of care that he shows here and his understanding of the medium is impressive. You know, it's like I'm after watching like the three of them, I'm like, wow, this is like an amazing pack. Let's say it's like each one of them is like it stands on its own ground. But when you actually think it's like, hey, this guy only did like these three movies and they are consistently good, like really good movies. I I'm impressed. I mean, I just want to have more movies from him, but I don't want him to rise either. I'm so desperate for more top field content that I almost rewatched Eyes Wide Shut for the three minutes he's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think. Uh, I was reading his Wikipedia article, and I don't know if it was Kubrick, the one that told him, you know, before like he jumped into uh, into directing, like something. is like, you have to do what you have a passion for, what it actually just like makes you resonate with it. It may not be acting. And he stopped acting. Yeah, and he stopped acting. Yeah, I mean, I know he, he considers himself a jazz mus- musician first and foremost, um, which is interesting, yeah. but at least it gave him a sensibility for Tar in terms of music. Anyway, this is not a podcast about Tar this time. Or Dothian as a whole. <laughs> but it's funny because we actually started our first podcast with Little Children like 180 episodes ago. Yeah. 181 episodes. Uh, so it's interesting to actually just see, like, our perspective, you know, they're like watching so many movies, like, just feeling like so impressed by a director. What was the uh, the director that you really like, the one from Happy Go Lucky? Mike Lee. Mike Lee. Is like, I feel like he's another, I haven't watched like too much stuff by him, but he's solid on his understanding of the medium. But I think that this guy has like a bit of a stronger like visual language about like how to portray things. I've never seen a bad Mike Lee movie. They're all brilliant. But yeah. In the way that um, in the bedroom 
smaller in scale and very realistic. That's all my movies. movies. No. Small scale, very realistic, but it lacks the drama that some of us value in films in some occasions, I think. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, should we go for the questions? Let's do it. Uh, would you watch it again? Yeah, not soon, um, but yes, I would watch it. Yeah, me too. As I was telling you, I felt like a bit emotionally draining, but it was good enough that I could expose myself to that because it was not so much emotionally draining like Wit. Wit is just a perfect film. I mean, dude, it's fucking devastating. <laughs> so I was thinking about that. Is I thought that as I, this could have been even more devastating. It was like the right balance of devastation that I could handle, you know? Yeah, it wasn't and like it, having to kick you in your stomach so you feel so sick that yeah. you Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's like when you're like watching, it's like, God, I can not pull my eyes away, but at the same time, it's like, this is not designed for being pleasant. That's for sure. Could uh, you recommend it? Yes. So the only reason I hesitated was because I can't think of a situation where I'm like, oh, you should watch in the bedroom. Maybe if someone was like, hey, I really like Tar. I said, well, watch Little Children and then watch in the bedroom. <laughs> I would recommend it. More like from the perspective that it's like if someone asked me, it's like, hey, did you hear about like the other Todd Field movies? It's like, definitely just watch them. They're like all of them. They're good. It's more like I don't think that it's a genre per se about like parents coping uh, with the death their kid. I know that there is this Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman movie through the rabbit hole. Yeah, right. Rabbit hole. That is also about that. that I remember it was like pretty famous when it came out because there are not so many movies like discussing about this. Because I think that the most people are parents, not gay people. But, you know, straight people, they tend to be parents. And I think that this is a topic that they don't want to think too much about. Yeah, my sister was telling me that after she had her daughter, she could no longer see any sort of media that had children in peril or children death, child death, which makes sense. Um, it's a tough subject. Yeah. Uh, would you remember it? The answer is no, because I've seen this film before and I didn't <laughs> remember a single thing about it. So for a year, I'll probably remember, but I'm going to forget of this. That's a good, a good point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I will remember it or not. I'm going to be like, I know that we don't do it, but I'm going to be like living it with a maybe. Because I'm not, I don't trust myself about like remembering this like all together about like what it was, especially by the title in the bedroom. Yeah, because this has almost no connection to the actual plot. Yeah, I, it reminded me, we have watched like many movies lately that they are like intimate, a small story. At the same time that we watch also, you know, like Tar, but we watch like God's Creatures, like recently, and they do like a thing in common that they say God's Creature at some point. And in this one, they actually say like with the lobster, when they're sowing the lobsters to the kid at the beginning of the movie, is like, well, it's like if you have like a bedroom with lobsters, it's like if you have like a female with a male, this is what happens. But if they are like two males, it should be fine. Just have animal sex. Yeah, they would have only, they would only go against God's command. Uh, is there anything artistic about it? Yeah, I mean, we've touched on it, but like, visual style 
of Todd Field is incredible. Is it Fields with an S or Field with no N? I think there is just a single one. Yeah, it's a Field. Yeah. Um, and the direction just is incredibly strong. Incredibly, the acting is incredible. Um, I particularly liked the script. Like I said before, the last 20 minutes, I or the last what five minutes, I thought were brilliant. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot, a lot that's interesting about this. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it just feel a bit weird. I mean, I agree. It's artistic. I definitely agree. And uh, the early scenes that they are gorgeous, like the kids singing. And those scenes, I I would love that they spend like more time with those scenes. Uh, <clears throat> is it a timeless piece? Yes. Grief over the loss of a child will always be timely. Timeless. Timeless. Yes. Timeless. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like completely timeless. Uh, would you turn this into a TV show? To be honest, I think I almost always answer no to this question, but I think if this were like a six part HBO miniseries, they could do it very, very well. Um, what was that Kate Winslet one that they did with uh, not a woman who's poor and she starts a chain of restaurants? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, of a series made in the 60s and she redid it and she won all the awards. Of course, uh, that they didn't win in the 60s because they didn't have Kate Winslet. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I think they could build out more characters. I guess the answer is yes, even though like I, the reason I always say no is because I enjoy the film as it is so much that suggesting a change is almost scary to me. But yes, I think this could be a TV show. Yeah, I... I see your point. I think that it could actually work, but I'm still going to go with no because I, there were like some points that I suffer, like with the parents, how what they were going through. Is that I don't want to be waiting for one more week to just see more suffering. I want this to be done. Like basically, like with is that I will fucking never turn that into a TV show. Is that I, I just want to be done with that. <laughs> no, I just want to be done with it. It's like we start, we suffer, and that's it. And we move on with our lives. You fucking make me cry, and I, we just move on. Uh, but you don't like like dark series about suffering. Like I'm thinking about. remake of the Danish TV series about the murdered child. The Vanishing? Is it The Vanishing? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Is that a TV show? Yes, and it ran for at least three seasons and it's about investigating this. It doesn't show. It doesn't Uh, no, I mean, I, the only thing that I can think about is just high drama kind of thing. I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm thinking that Six Feet Thunder, but it's a, it's a soap opera. But the ending, we're not, we don't have to talk about like the ending, but I would say is that this, dude, you're playing with my feelings right now. 
I've never seen like a better ending to anything. It took six years to get there, but it was good. So good. Side note, my husband likes Aaron Sorkin, and it really disappoints me. Right, <laughs> you guys are still married. <laughs> At the end of our days, he typically turns on Newsroom. <laughs> And Claire's Republican boyfriend at the end of Six Feet Under, he's in that. <laughs> oh my god. That's so. I don't know. Well, doesn't matter. We we're not talking about Aaron Sorkin now and probably never. Unless I pick the social network. Let's not pick the social network, please. <laughs> uh, could this have been a sort? I'm gonna say. Yes, only because this was based on a short story. So clearly the story is there and impactful enough to inspire Todd Field to write an entire film about it. Um, so I suspect, yes, it could be a short. I don't want it to be a short. I Correct. prefer the two hours and ten minutes. Um, but yes, it could be. Yeah, I, uh, I would also go... I would go with, yes, this could have been a sort, it would have been a different product, it could have been a product that I would have enjoyed less, potentially, I don't think that you can do like that kind of meditative slice of life perspective that they paint with a sort. But it would be feasible, you know? Uh, do you think you could suffer as much as you've suffered watching this film, watching a short? And you just said it was difficult to watch for you, that it was emotionally impactful. Could a short get those emotions to pop up inside you? That's uh, the thing is, like, I don't think that they would have like so much time to develop, you know, like on the first act, to just develop like the normalcy of the other relationship, you know. So from that perspective, I'm gonna be torn. If you like would if have like the same emotional life. With the parents in their grief process to really understand a lot of the story, and you can't sit with them in their grief in short, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think that it's like just technically feasible. I don't think that it would have like the same emotional impact. So I would still go with yes, because you can do it, but probably you don't want to do it. Uh, do you think this movie could have been better? I'm gonna go with no, because there are no glaring problems at all, in my opinion. Um, it's not a perfect film by any means, but I can't say, oh yes, they needed less dialogue or more dialogue or better acting. Like, I, I don't know what I would point out and say, yes, it could have been better this way. I am going to go with yes. Uh, the last act with the father and Richard is like, I feel like it's pretty far-fetched. It's pretty like how he's like just driving this and the guy is almost like just like holding to a hope that he's really going to be like flying away. It's like so dumb that he's a dude. But he knows he's getting a murder. Like, he's like, look, we can stop this right now. I'm going to go to jail for 10 to 20 years. Like, it'll be fine. The guy knew he was going to be killed, I think. Um, well, I mean, just think that he actually sees like, the other guy, Willis, what's his name? Uh, he even is mad. Oh, my God, he's Mr. Willis. Then he's like, yeah, this is a normal situation. This guy could never murder me. <laughs> Dude, you're in the middle of a forest, you know, like with someone that you murdered the song. 
off you know and besides that is i just think there is a, all of the all of the reasoning that he's saying for the father to let him go is like just think that he was sleeping with my wife in my bed is it to, you don't try to justify the murder of someone's son when that person is holding a gun is that that made no sense to me is like i don't know if it was like hey you had developed like a bit more this character maybe i could believe it but this is a bit more of a single tongue kind of thing about like this character is stupid hmm. interesting i uh, your your criticism is valid but it didn't yeah. And uh, the other thing is, like, I felt like Marisa Tomei, I was expecting to have, like, a bit more of relevance in the second and third act. And it was a bit more like she disappeared and she was only, like, accessory for she screwed up on the initial statement to the police and he got caught on the uh, on jury and uh, on court and just for showing up when interaction with the father and the mother. And that's it. I was expecting yeah, a bit more of her. It's interesting that, like, also the son, who I can't name the actor, but he was a pretty big actor at that time. Oh, Nick Stoll. Yeah. Yes. He just, like, his role was so short that it's just shocking. You're like, what? He's yeah, dead? I, yeah, I mean, it's like when even, like, the camera goes down, you know, like, to see his face, I was like, oh, no, no, the camera is just, like, telling us, like, he's not coming back. No, he's no, gone. No, he's, he's really dead. Let's just move on. Yeah, that part I also feel like a bit more is that like you're developing like this character that is having this internal struggle about like does he want to change his life instead of going to you know like college for architecture, you know, for just staying as a fisherman, is that like so in love with her? And it's like I just feel like if they were like so 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 in love, Marisa Tomei couldn't have like disappeared of their lives like in this kind of way after like a tragedy like this. Well, in fairness, he always tells his parents it's just a fling. Like, he doesn't see it lasting a long time. But clearly, like, his actions, considering giving up graduate school, he's clearly in love with her, but he's in denial or whatever. And his parents never really took her seriously. Well, I mean, he goes, like, back and forth. Because the last scene that we see is, like, him talking on the phone, just talking with one of the teachers that wants to sponsor him for just going into college. And then is when he gets the call. At the same time, that he leaves on hold like the uh, like the teacher like the Nat Natalie Natalie calls him and he goes like running to the house and it's when everything you know transpires so it has been like a bit of a back and forth without like knowing exactly where they could have landed you know as a couple but it's like I just feel dude is that they actually throw a birthday party for one of the kids at the parents house yeah that's true that's pretty weird for a fling. But I mean, he was living there. Yeah, he was living there, but he's still like, just throwing a party for the song of your summer fling. Yeah. It's just strange. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit that. Yeah. Uh, I find heartbreaking the scene when the guy is like, just, uh, how do you say, dismantling the, uh, the swings in the middle of the night super heartbreaking about like yep we're never going to have like other kids how she says is that well we wanted to have more kids but you know he was starting his practice and we already have one we have frank so we didn't do it there are like many things that i find exceptional but there are other things that i feel that's the reason what i say is like it feels a bit greenish 
you know from a director perspective that they are like small details that i think that having a bit more of experience they would have been like more slam dunks do you know if he wrote any scripts that he didn't direct mm. <clears throat> that's a good question well no i suspect the answer is no but i don't know the answer writer he has seven writing credits Show. A short, 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 three shorts and a TV show in 2022. Oh, yeah, I see. So, then... yeah, basically, not. Yeah, I think that 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 may be like the part I think that it could be like a bit better. I don't remember much of Little Children. That's not an invitation for every watch. <laughs> That's not. Even, I may rewatch it, but I don't think. Maybe, maybe we can just, if you want, like at the 200 episode, maybe we can actually just like talk about it. We'll see. I don't get to pick this podcast, but I get to pick next one. So. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, <clears throat> but I think that the script, like the writing, I think that it may be like the part that it could be a tiny bit better, a tiny bit sharper for just like making it perfect like his movies. I can see that. Like I can accept that criticism because I think the writing song Tar, he got to the place where he knew he could be. But yes, this is I know you said you didn't want to call the filmmaking amateurish, but there are some hey, this is this guy's first film. The first film yeah. he wrote, the first film he directed and it does peek through every once in a while, even though I would absolutely call this a very accomplished film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, holy, holy shit, I wish that all... I wish that I would actually went into directing after being an actor. There is a really, really, really different skill set that you require, and you produce this as the first film. It's like, it's mind-blowing. I know that in, uh, in Sundance, they were like just saying stuff like, we didn't think that American independent directors could come up with something like this and the reflection of how violence is portrayed on the screen. Um, this is exactly the type of film that Sundance gets a hard on for. <laughs> like, beautifully shot, super sad, nothing yeah. happens. Well, we, we already know what we're going to be like talking about like next week. I think that that film was also like a very Sundance design. That could absolutely be in Sundance. It's almost like there is the same way that there is an algorithm for Netflix for just defining, you know, like what the audience wants. I think that there is an algorithm for A24 and there is an algorithm for Sundance about like what the audience wants. All right, that doesn't matter. So, Sue scored, before we actually scored this, I don't know if you saw it, but we actually had like an event on our calendar asking us if we remember about a movie. I don't think don't, I don't, don't check it. Don't check it. Don't check it. Okay. Maybe you remove it directly. But I know that we said that we're not going to be like doing this anymore, you know, like for a while, at least for a while. Uh, but what did you remember about Nine Days? Nine Days takes place in the desert and there are nine people living in what I think is like a it's kind of like a motel sort of situation I mean they have individual houses but and it's run by a guy who is deciding which of them will earn the right to go to earth and live a life and some people 
opt out. They're just like, I'm done. I don't want to try for this. And some people try. And then at the end, they choose one person when it really should have been the other person. And that person goes to Earth. And the rest don't. That is basically that. I don't think that we ever see the motel, but he lives in a house in the middle of nowhere. And he's like a judge. Yeah, it's like the it's like the salt flats in Utah. It's just like white. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he receives like visits from these folks every day. He actually just puts like some kind of situation in front of them, and they react to it. Is that they don't have like a personality? Is that they, we don't know who they are? It's a bit more of their ideas that they may go back to earth. So yeah, you remember like quite a bit. It's like we just let the uh, the the event because we were saying is that hey, we may not remember anything about this movie. But we did. I, I basically remember what was in the trailer. I don't remember any specifics. I just remember very vividly that they picked the wrong person to go to Earth. Mm, it's not the best. It's not the uh, like the wrong person, but basically like the judge. He used to be on Earth. He actually was alive, you know, and now he's like in this limbo, like just helping to decide what souls are going to be like going to Earth. And he was saying, "Is like, hey, I see like quite a bit on the right person, you know, of myself." And I just feel like I would actually send someone to just suffer on Earth because this guy committed suicide. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was the wrong person in that I was really rooting for another character. For her, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then in the uh, not-so-handsome of the Skarsgars brothers is the one that he gets sent to Earth. And uh, he's a bit more like emotional and a bit more like temperamental. But the other cute thing is that for each one of the people that he actually says, no, you are not going to Earth, is that he actually creates like this farewell to their soul. Like about like their favorites. Yeah, exactly. What is something yeah 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 like the because they are always watching like the lives of people and the guy is also oh my god i remember like the whole fucking movie uh the guy is also traumatized because one of the people that he actually sent to earth he, he committed suicide too does he's a violin player yeah, she's like the first to go, and it's kind of shocking, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like she she gets off her. I think that is like first violin or something crazy like that. And on her way home, is like she committed suicide with the car, as he's like traumatized with that. And he started like just showing like each one of the souls at some point started like just showing them the videos, you know, for actually just watching like how is the life on Earth, and that's how they pick like their favorite moment that they want to but just live through. I feel like we remembered like ninety percent of that film. I so. think that is one hundred. I don't think there is like much more he has also a friend that he goes to visit he's also a famous actor and he's like just checking on him but he's not a judge and blah 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 so uh yeah we remember a lot uh in any case uh should we score in the bedroom we should this was my pick so you have to score first uh as i remember the score from little children and tar i'm going to be giving this a 775. <laughs> choosing a lot of non-conforming answers <laughs> in this podcast that is good i can't decide on the support like I, I have to give it an eight it's you know my philosophy 7.5 is a solid good movie this is a little bit better than a solid good movie for me so eight mm-hmm. Good, yeah. no that's good it's consistent i think that you gave two little children and uh, tar a nine needs a 9.5 <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yeah, those 1,000 costumes that deserve a bump. Shut up. <laughs> the one thing I didn't like. Uh, I mean, uh, so for this time, as this was your big next one is mine. I'm talking about A24 and Sundance. And I mentioned multiple times that I really like Jennifer Lawrence and I feel like she disappeared and I'm afraid that Hollywood is going to be like forgetting about her like pretty soon as it's already like just getting to that age that Hollywood pretends that women don't exist uh, I wanted to see like one of her new movies that she released this year she has like multiple ones no? coming this and this year I have no idea okay uh, I wanted to watch this movie called Causeway that he also was in the Toronto Apple TV. on Apple TV yeah yeah by A24 that's interesting uh, but yeah anything else to say about In the Bedroom? Nothing for me. Then, thank you so much to everyone out there listening to us. And... Wash your hands. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>